152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. All right. It is a solo effort tonight on the Surviving Golf Podcast. Um, my good friend K-Mac is on the West Coast um, doing some funner things than recording tonight. We will be back next week for the full uh, Ryder Cup preview going into the biggest weekend of the summer. Um, but tonight you got me. Um, this is not going to be a long one, but just wanted to quick hit on some of the things going on in the golf world. Uh, maybe give a pick or two and then uh, and then get out of here. Um, and I guess, you know, I'll start with the golf over the weekend, which was not not exactly, you know, the most star-studded tournament, but Lee Hodges uh, takes down the tournament. Um, there was some drama on the 18th hole with JT Poston um, dumping his second shot into the water, uh, trying to hit the green uh, from a tricky lie. I know he got roasted a little bit because he lost, um, I think it was $250,000, um, you know, by dropping out of like a sure solo second. Uh, he sort of fired back at the critics and said, you know, he's going to go for the win every single time, which I appreciated. Very strong showing from Finau as well. Um, I know we discussed him when we were sort of previewing who may or may not uh, be on the Ryder Cup hot seat uh, in the in the real Ryder Cup. Um, so a good showing from him. Um, but it sort of gets me to the takeaway uh, of the tournament for me, which was the performance of Justin Thomas. Um I know we spent a lot of time uh, talking about him and his chances for the Ryder Cup, um, you know, uh, this year. And going into a, a weaker field event, um, I was really expecting uh, a good showing from him, um, not only to just make the FedEx Cup tournament, but to sort of solidify uh, himself as a captain's pick uh, for the team. Uh, we did not get that. He uh, missed the cut, uh, again, in a watered-down field, which... Um, you know, like at this point, I'm, I'm frankly like sort of out of answers uh, um, about what exactly is hindering his game because because nothing's working. Uh, I, I know he tried a, a different balance on his putter. Um, the ball striking has still been sort of off. Like everything's just been off. And it's just weird to see um, from such a, a world-class player, such a season-long breakdown. I think we're, we're accustomed um, you know, we being, you know, if you follow golf and, and watch these guys week to week or just check in for a few weeks at a time, you know, even the best golfers can go through some weird stretches. I, I know we, um, you know, we've touched upon John Rahm a lot this season. Uh, he started the season absolutely on fire um, and then went through something like a lull. Um, and now his obviously not in the same breath as as the severity of, of Justin Thomas's, but you know, a lull where he missed some cuts. He was not contending in tournaments. He was, you know, at the bottom of, of the leaderboard going into Saturday and Sunday and a few events and a few of the majors too. Um, but, you know, this this JT streak has sort of been the entire season so far. And I, I just don't know where the light at the end of the tunnel is. Um, so, you know, we sit here going into the Wyndham um, this coming week, which will be the last tournament before the FedEx Cup starts. And he needs a solo 18th or better just to get in as the last golfer in the FedEx Cup championship. And I, I don't know what the season odds would have been, uh, you know, preseason um, as to whether JT would make the FedEx Cup or not. But you would think that was not not in question, like minus 5,000 for that to happen. And it's just not going to happen. And I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the odds boards now for the Wyndham and we'll sort of get to who I like in that tournament. But he's sitting at 35 to 1 in that tournament, too. Um, you know, sitting behind JT Poston, um, 
behind Siwoo Kim, behind Russell Henley, behind Denny McCarthy. Um, Sam Burns is, you know, a respectable golfer, but not somebody that should ever be in front of the odds boards, um, you know, in front of JT on the odds boards. Uh, even Matsuyama, the tournament favorite, you know, started the season in like the 80 to 100 to 1 range and is now, you know, half the odds of, of JT this week. And I got to be honest, like even at those odds, I just have no confidence. Well, I have zero confidence. He's actually just going to win the tournament. I can tell you that right now. Um, but no confidence he's even going to top 20, you know, eight, solo 18th or better to even make the FedEx Cup. And I have to say, I'm a big JT fan. He's been, you know, amazing in the Ryder Cup. He's, you know, a great partner for Spieth. Uh, pretty much every time they play, they're a very tough team. Their relationship has been documented on and off the course. Um, I don't know if he can come this year. <laughs> like, I just don't think this this can happen. Uh, it, it doesn't look good. And, and it's not just the results have been poor because they have, but it's just the way they've looked. Like, you're, I just look at the body language. I look at the game. Nothing has been on. Like, you're, you're not getting any of that usual swagger and confidence that you're getting from a player of JT's standard. Um, and it's really tough to see. Um, you know, I think anybody who's played golf knows that, you know, you go through ups and downs and when you're in a, a, a shitty, um, you know, a slump or not being able to control the golf ball, like golf is not very fun <laughs> to play. Like when you have no idea where it's going and you're struggling and it's taking forever. So I really can't imagine what it would be like to, to, you know, have that be your livelihood and go through a struggle like this. But, um, you know, last week I put him in my hypothetical Ryder cup team, but, you know, barring something miraculous, and I think that's what we're talking about now is like almost a miracle. Um, I don't know how he ends up in Rome, like on the team as a captain's pick, um, you know, unless we're going back to, uh, you know, the good old boys club that used to be the American Ryder Cup team. And, and you know, I think like two or three cycles ago, um, when the U.S. lost to, to Europe overseas, there was a big overhaul um, that, you know, we're not going to take people based on their name. They're going to overhaul the system. And there's been incredible results since then. But there's no objective evidence that supports JT being on the team. Like, there's no evidence from this year. There's no results. There's no uh, spikes in his game, like strong points of his game that play to the Ryder Cup format that would support that. There's really nothing objective that would support his selection. So I think if we're using that criteria, um, very hard to justify bringing him. And that's that's stunning for me to say because I'm a big fan. I, I know Kev's a little more lukewarm and I can sort of sense that when we talk on the pod and I'm sure he'll be listening to this and and know like, you know, I'm a fan. I know I know he's less of a fan, but I have to I have to put, you know, my hat back up on the rack and I gotta I gotta campaign for somebody else. And you know, speaking of like captain's picks, I know Cam Young is sort of somebody that Fred Couples, one of the vice captains, said is going to be over for sure. Um, he misses the cut this week too. And I, I just, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with this, like this bottom half of the Ryder Cup team for America and their current form, but no guys are making a super strong case. And it's just um, a little disappointing and a little worrisome to see, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, like a pretty uneventful tournament. Um, not many other takeaways. I don't want to harp on JT for too long. Um, so I'm looking ahead to the Wyndham and, uh, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, the odds boards here and I'll just give you some quick hitters as to who I sort of like. Um, I, I went over JT. I'm not touching that. 
<laughs> I'm just not doing it. But curiously, I was looking at his odds to finish in the top 20, which essentially will, you know, will mean he's in the FedEx Cup. And, you know, you have to scroll pretty far down to even see those. And it's it's two to one to finish in the top 20 again for Justin Thomas. I know, you know, I'm sure not everybody that listens is like an avid sports gambler and gambles on golf. But to see Justin Thomas at a two to one to be in the top 20 at a field where Matsuyama is the favorite is pretty jarring. Um, I'm not touching that either, even though it's short odds. Um, the guy that I like is Denny McCarthy to win 22 to one. And then after that, I sort of like people way down the board, like some bombs. I like Bo Hostler at 55 to one. Uh, Billy Horschel has grown out his beard at 60 to one. I sort of like that a little bit. And then a guy that if, if you've bet on this guy all year, just to, you know, top 10, top 20 at long odds, you've probably made a killing. Uh, Eric Cole, um, is a guy I like, and he's just been, you know, good finish after good finish. And, uh, you know, I'll probably be back on the coal train this week as well. Um, and then I guess the, the, the longest shot I have to actually win the tournament, um, is sitting at 80 to one. And that's Justin Suh, um, a, a young player in some decent form. I sort of like, like his chances to win, especially at those odds. Um, but other than that, like I said, you know, we got a couple. Uh, I know there's been a little lull here, but we got a great show coming up next week. We'll do the full, uh, you know, the full surviving golf Ryder Cup preview next week. We'll go over some of the individual matchups that might take place. Well, we may announce the uh, the team, the first day team matchups to see, uh, you know, who's going to face off on, on the Friday uh, day. Go over maybe some of the golfer profiles. Um, you know, if we could get a guest or two, that'd be great. But I know we've, you know, we've hit the, the podcast podcast feed here with a few short ones, um, and this will be no different. But, you know, we got, we got some exciting content coming up, certainly starting, uh, you know, with the Ryder Cup next week. So, um, you know, everybody that's listening to this, this will be obviously a pretty quick one. Um, you know, we appreciate your continued uh, support. Keep, keep downloading. Keep listening. Um, you know, if there's anything you want us to talk about or you don't think we talk enough about, you know, please let us know. Uh, you know, we're getting to a point of the golf season, you know, into, you know, this week is the last regular tournament of the year, but even the FedEx cup, not a super lot of juice until the very end. And then the Ryder cup obviously picks it back up, but you know, we got some times to go maybe off, off the professional tour and talk about some decent, um, you know, I guess regular stuff if that's desired. Um, one thing I did forget to touch on that I'll touch on now is uh barstool sports was broadcasting the corn ferry tour this week. And I really, really enjoyed um, that broadcast and what it was that I enjoyed about it is it really broke the mold from like your CBS NBC like all golf all the time all serious um, talk even though you know I think there was a push to maybe do a little bit of that which sounded a little forced but uh, you know I liked just the conversational tone like that doesn't have to be just like you know this is this golfer this is his coach this is his caddy He's got this many yards. Like, I think having, like, you know, a conversation like you would with your friends at the bar while, you know, somebody's on the 10th hole on a Thursday um, could could really inject some life into some of these broadcasts. And I wish maybe some of the color guys um, would break that barrier a little bit and sort of let their proverbial hair down and and be a little more casual and be a little more relatable with with their actual commentary. Like, you know, like I said, talk. I think I personally think sports broadcasting and sports talk, whether it be on TV, on podcasting, um, or whatever it may be, whatever medium, sounds the best when it sounds like a conversation you would have on a bar stool next to your buddy. You know, having a beer, watching sports, shooting the shit just like you would at home. 
Um, there are very few commentators that give me that type of feel. Um, but I think, you know, the Riggs Minahan dynamic at Barstool was pretty good with that. I liked that a lot. Um, and I think I would enjoy that, like I said, if it was a little more widely spread. So had to get that little tidbit in there about the alternative broadcast. Um, I really hope it's something that they'll continue to do with the Corn Ferry Tour. It certainly brought a lot of attention to that event, um, which usually, you know, doesn't get a lot of attention like that because, you know, it's obviously the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, so I thought that was a great change up. And I, I think, you know, if the PGA does go in that direction, I don't think it'd be a bad move. Um, and then, I, you know, I keep extending this. I'd say it's going to be short, but I keep extending this. And then the final piece of golf news that I should have got to that I just sort of jogged my own memory is that uh, something like 60 players um, wrote a letter to the PGA Tour, uh, basically forcing Tiger Woods to be a part of their, like, chair, you know, I don't even know what you'd call it, like the, the board of directors, chairs, persons, whatever. So Tiger is, like, the sixth board member, I think, of this, which I think is, um, you know, Tiger transcends the game of golf, so... For him not to have a seat at the table initially was pretty crazy, but I'm, I'm glad that he's going to have a voice. Uh, my only worry is that, you know, if you're playing in the in the living room as a kid and uh, you break a vase, um, I don't understand the point in stopping, like, what you're doing, stopping throwing the ball around because the vase is already broken. And that's sort of how I feel about this, like, merger with the Saudis. Like, you know, the PGA Tour now and, and Jay Monahan sort of appointing Tiger after the biggest seismic seismic event in PGA Tour history just feels like, you know, the damage, quote-unquote, or damage, or, you know, if you think it's a good thing, whatever you think it is, the, the, big, the biggest event has already happened. Like, I don't know why we need Tiger now, um, you know, if he's not going to negotiate the biggest, you know, point in golf history, you know, if this deal with, with the Saudi uh, fund does go through. Um, so that was an interesting move. So I'm glad to see him back in the news, regardless of the reason. Um, but, you know, I, I think it is a little, you know, a little late for that. Uh, I, I don't understand the point in sort of forcing that through now. But, uh, yeah, he'll be on the board. He'll influence the decisions. Uh, a lot of pros wrote in the letter. So it was it was good to see. I don't know Jay Monahan, uh, but he must have blackmail on everybody because I don't understand how he's still keeping his job through all of this. But he is. Um, and is going to make obviously a ton of money and that's great for him. But, um, yeah, a seismic, seismic event in the world of golf without tiger and then adding tiger after the fact, I just don't know, you know, even tiger for all his, all his fame and, and how much he means to the game. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think he is the game of golf. Like I was reading something this weekend that I think golf, you know, I read that somebody that I, that I now agree with thinks, you know, I think the governing board of golf and the people that negotiated this deal think that all of their viewership throughout the years was for the sport of golf and not for Tiger. And I think that, you know, as Tiger fades away, like a lot of people just watch golf when Tiger's in it, if it's not the majors. Um, you know, and even if it is the majors, I think a lot of people are just watching for Tiger, period. So seeing his impact and, and if he can sort of draw those viewers back in without playing will be something. But I also think like, you know, regardless of how much money they got. And I, you know, well, now that I'm sort of saying it, if they have enough money for it not to matter, then it doesn't matter. But, you know, if viewership does matter, like I think we may be in for some dire straits if golf thinks that golf itself is the biggest draw, because I just don't think it is. I think Tiger is, um, you know, bigger than the game. Um, so I think that's it. This will be the last time I sort of tangent off. Um, again, thanks everybody for listening. This was a quick one. Um, you know, Kev, enjoy the West Coast if you're listening to this. Uh, and we will see you all next week for the Mega Ryder Cup preview.